Hallelujah. Well, praise God. We're so glad you're here today. And Lord's put a message in my heart. I've just got to share with you. And I believe it's going to be encouragement to you. I believe one of the things that resurrection means is resurrection and restoration of identity. Our president this week said, we're not a Christian nation. He wanted to... He, the, there's a lot of people that would like to be used of the enemy to steal the identity of who us Americans really are. He says, we are just civilians or citizens. But it doesn't matter. Presidents come and presidents go. Liberals come, liberals go. Singers and artists come and singers and artists go. Words of men are spoken and words of men fall. But there is the word that remains the same that will never pass away. They'll come and go, but the church is still going to be alive and still operating for the glory of God. So it doesn't matter. And you know, I was on the telephone at 11 o'clock Thursday night with our missionary in Thailand. And he was leaving Vietnam and he called me from Vietnam going into Thailand. And he said, just thought I'd encourage you with this. The communist president of Vietnam said today, appreciate the Christians because we would not be where we are without Christians. So as one man tries to change the identity from the negative, a communist is changing the identity for the glory of Jesus Christ. Take that, devil! Take it, devil! Take it! He said His glory will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. So it doesn't matter how bad it looks or it sounds. Jesus cannot be impeached. He's not a candidate to be voted on. God exalted Him and sat Him on His right hand while He rules and reigns forever. But the thing we've got to keep in mind that Jesus came to restore identity and break the identity crisis of His people. I want to share a funny story with you. Back in the 80s, how many of y'all from Texas? Back in the 80s, I was born there, raised here, born there. Back in the 80s, Texas was, had the worst, one of the worst in all the country as far as litter goes. They had a problem with litter. And they had signs, give a hoot, don't pollute. Y'all remember that? Well, those just get blown away. They had other signs that say don't litter. They just get blown away. Then they had the commercial. Remember the commercial with uh, Iron Eyes Cody? Played in a lot of westerns, uh, a chief. And they'd show him looking at the garbage and tears coming out of his eyes. No problem. Still littered. So they brought in some professionals to find out what's going on in Texas. And they found out it was guys 18 to 35 years old that drove trucks, had gun rack in the back and guns, and they were the ones throwing cans and they were the ones messing up Texas. So they said, you know what? They see the sign, don't sh give a hoot, don't shoot. They said, I don't care about no owl. Show me one, I'll shoot it. They said, don't litter. They didn't worry about litter. Drive friendly, who cares about driving friendly? So they said, we've got to come up with something here. And they started studying the 18 to the 35-year-olds and they said, you know what? We're going to come up with a new slogan. 
And the new slogan is, don't mess with Texas. And God, God, oh, Willie. Thank God for Willie. And Willie started singing, mamas, don't let your babies grow up to throw trash in Texas. And then they got the Dallas Cowboys grabbing cans, busting them on the head, throwing them in the trash can and saying, don't mess with Texas. And they got the bass player, I mean, the uh, pitcher from the Houston Oilers throwing a baseball, tr- throwing trash in a trash can. And the trash ex- can explode saying, don't mess with Texas. And what happened was these guys, they weren't getting anywhere in the area of responsibility. But when old Bubba heard, don't mess with Texas, that's right, I'm a Texan. Don't you mess with Texas. Pick up that butt. Pick up that can. When they got into identification, the littering stopped. Responsibility didn't stop it. Identification stopped it. And do you know in a year, all the litter went down 18%. Five years, 78%. Why? Identification. We wonder sometimes, why ain't I getting farther in life? Identification. We have been raised up in Christ Jesus, identified with Jesus. And when we don't see the identification, and, and one of the things you've got to understand, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy your identification. He's after who you are. He's after your identity. You know, he came in and he told Adam and Eve. What did he do? He attacked not only their obedience, he attacked their identity. He said, if you take this apple, if you, drink, you eat of the fruit of this tree... You'll be just like God. In other words, you'll, be, you'll need to be identified to be just like God. He attacked Jesus in the wilderness and said three times, if you be the Son of God. He was attacking his identity. On, on before Pilate and before all the high priests, they said, if you be the Son of God. On the cross, they were hollering, if you be the Son of God. It's an attack on the identity. What God wants to do is restore the identity to the church. You know, I have a song here. You might have heard one of the last songs that Johnny Cash did. He sang that song that's an awesome video called Hurt. And on this video, it shows him a real, he's almost getting ready. He almost, he died right after this, not long after this. And he sang this song, Hurt. And it goes, I hurt myself today to see if I still feel. I focus on the pain, the only thing that's real. The needle tears a hole, an old familiar sting. Try to kill it all away, but I remember everything. Then he says, what have I become? And there's so many other words he starts getting into. What have I become? Who am I? I don't remember you. You don't remember me. All these things try to come to steal the identity of God's redeemed. And what I want to speak to you in the word and in the love of God, something very familiar out of the scripture in Acts chapter 20, where it says that Paul was on the ship and everybody, you know, the ship had been in a wreck and it was a lot of problems during the days. And he came out and he said something. He says, my God, whose I am and who I serve. And, you know, a lot of times we say we would want to say who I serve and whose I am. But he says, whose I am and whose I serve. In other words, My identity is who I am and not in what I do. 
My identity is that I am, I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And a lot of times we put a lot of emphasis in who we are and what we have. And in this video by Johnny Cash, at the end, it shows his, his store closed down. The shelves are empty. He's pouring wine and all the food and everything. And he says, what is my empire? But nothing but an empire of dirt. In other words, I have, I wish I could go back. He's saying, I wish I could go back a million years. Why? Because he's wasted it. And he's trying to say unto the generation coming up, don't waste your life and don't allow these things to be identity. And it shows Jesus being nailed to the cross at the end. Let Christ and him crucified and raised again, let him be your identity. And you see, Paul had that. And we have to that. You see, people, you know, people say, oh, you're a pastor. You know what? My identity is not being in a pastor. My identity is that I know I'm a son of God. Your identity is not what you do or what you've done. Your identity is not even in your works. The works should follow the identity, not the identity follow the works. You see, when Jesus was being baptized, church, when Jesus was being baptized, a voice came from heaven and said, This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. You know, Jesus had not raised a dead person yet, did not heal a sick person, had not fell the multitude. You know, Jesus had not even died on the cross yet. And God is saying, this is my beloved son. Not because he hadn't done anything yet, just because he's my son. And Jesus came back to restore that to you and I. It's not how good you try to be. It's just by accepting me. I accept you. And we think, well, you know, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. It's not by works. The identity is in Christ Jesus. And Paul knew that. He said, first of all, the God in whose I am, my identity is God. Then he said, the God in whom I serve. And if we get our identity right, listen, church, there's so many people, they say, Brother Russell, I was a drug addict. I'm a drug addict. I'm a recovering alcoholic. I'm an addict. No, you're not. Drug addiction, drugs, alcohol, is something you did. It's not who you are. When you get born again, you receive Jesus. Maybe you've messed up. And you, maybe, maybe you're here today and you're, you're a divorced person. And you go, I'm a divorcee. No, you're not. You had a divorce, but you're daughter of the living God with all the potential of God on the inside of you. Oh, you're divorcing. No, I'm a child of God. Oh, you're a drug addict. No, I'm a child of God. I did drugs, but now I do Jesus. I did alcohol, but now I do Jesus. Now I drink of that living water. I know you, you're a murderer. What? If, you're, if you wouldn't aborted your baby, your baby would be four years old right now. But you're a murderer. No, I did murder. But I'm not a murderer. I'm a child of God. What you did doesn't identify you. What Jesus did identifies you. What his blood speaks, identify you. 
I made a mess of my life. I have done this and I have done that. That doesn't say who you are. The blood of Jesus says you're forgiven, you're redeemed, you're loved, and your name is in the Lamb's book of life. What you did is not who you are. What you do is not who you are. Who you are is a child of the Most High Living God because Jesus came to pay a price to set you free. Isn't that good news? That is good news. Do you think that the woman who was a prostitute, that Jesus cast seven devils out, do you think that when you get to heaven, she's going to come up to you and say, Hey, I'm the prostitute. No. She's going to be dancing like this crazy little girl, wherever she is, Jessica. She's going to be dancing and praising God. And they say, Who are you? She's not going to say she was a prostitute. She's not going to say she had the seven devils. She's going to tell you, I am the first woman evangelist that went to the tomb and was told to go tell that Jesus is alive and He's not dead anymore. Woo! Hallelujah! Man! You killed your child. You, you, you murdered your child. Oh no. You could see it plain right now. I do. It's four years old and my child is touching the face of Jesus. Every day they say that Jesus goes in the room of all the babies who've died and he goes in and he blesses them and plays with them all over again. Your baby's not dead. Your baby's touching the face of God. You're not a murderer. Well, you're preaching this, but my ex is in here today. And he's a low-down adulterer. No, what he did was adultery. What he is is a child of God. If, he's, if you've repented, and you've asked God to give you the grace, you're not a divorcee. You're not an adulterer. You're not a drug addict. You're not a pimp or a pusher. You're a child of the Most High God because Jesus shed His blood for you. Men are trying to steal the identity. Liberals, politicians will try to steal the identity of this church, but this, this nation as being a nation under God. But one thing we as Christians have to do is we have to stand strong. That you can, you can shut us up, you can close us down, you can take our rights away, But remember this, it's in history. The more you persecute the church, the bigger we're going to grow. The bigger we're going to grow. The more you try to steal the identity of the blood-bought redeemed of God. You see, right before Jesus asked them, who do men say that I am? And we're getting ready to go there in Scripture. Because I know you're thinking this is Easter and he needs to open the Bible. I'm going to. I'm just giving an introduction, okay? This is Easter. But right before Jesus asked the disciples, who do men say that I am? And then who do you say that I am? He said, be careful of the yeast and the leaven of the Sadducees or Pharisees. Or in other words, this is what he was saying. Don't let people who say they're religious, try to explain away who I really am. Don't let the philosophies of men or books, 
Don't let a denomination tell you who I am and who I am not. I am who I am and I will never change. So don't let some type of person tell you this and tell you God really didn't do that and Jesus didn't really mean that. Because, you know, a lot of people have a lot of opinions. Can I give you an example? How, how about the Super Bowl? Now, I'm not against beer bellies, but let me just give you an image right here. Uh, here's this guy. He don't have a shirt on. He's got a beer, big old beer belly. And he's painted three different colors. And he's got two big hot dogs in this hand and another beer in this hand. And you know what he's going to do? I tell you who's going to win and they're going to win by 20 points. Look at you. And they're going around with a microphone. They're even asking Obama who's going to win. Obama never played football in all of his life. And they're going to be asking, who do you think's going to win? Who do you think's going to win? Who do you think's going to win? And everybody's got their opinion. Look at them on TV. Everybody's got their opinion. And people are moving by what man say. Jesus says, be careful of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Be careful with the opinion of men. This not who men say I am. Who do you say that I am? You hear me, church? Let's, let's look at this. Let's look at this. Matthew 16. Let's look at this. Matthew 16. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Matthew 16. I know you needed this. Glory. You've been calling yourself names that you have no right. He said he's given you a new name. A new identity. Somebody say a new identity. There'll always be fake messiahs and fake antichrist. There's always going to be crisis. There's always going to be problems. But there'll always be Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords. Now, Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. This is the message translation. When Jesus arrived in the villages of Caesarea and Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who are people? What? I'm sorry. What are people saying about who the Son of Man is? What are people saying? Who am I? And they replied, Oh, some think you're John the baptizer. Some think you're Elijah. Some think you're Jeremiah. Some think you're another prophet. Some think you're Methodist. Some think you're a Baptist. Some think you're Pentecostal. Some think you're Catholic. And it says in the message translation, He pressed them. He pressured them. How about you? Who do you say I am? And Simon Peter said, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus came back. God bless you, Simon, son of Jonah. You didn't get that answer out of books or from teachers. My Father in heaven, God himself, let you in on this secret of who I really am. Now listen to the message translation. I love this. God let you on. On this secret of who I really am. Now listen to this. Now I'm going to tell you who you really are. <laughs> I'm going to let you. God let you. It didn't come out of books and teaching. You're not quoting from some other man. This is a revelation that God gave you. And since you have an identity of who I am. Now I'm going to give you an identity who you really are. We seek all these avenues to try to get identities. And we get a revelation of who He 
is. But he says, and I'll give you a revelation of who I am, who you really are. You get a revelation who you, I am, I'll give you a revelation who you are. Now, you can find this. We won't turn to it because of time. But how many remember the story of Daniel thrown in the lion's den? Can you imagine being face thrown at the lion's den? Because they said, if we find you praying again to this God who's not even a real God anyway, because he's not one of ours, and you're not one of us, you don't have an identity with us, so we're going to throw you in the lion's den. Listen, I've never been with no lion. I've seen that polar bear attack that woman this week because she decided to jump in the, the pond with the polar bear. But I've never been bitten. But I tell you what, I had a hamster. <laughs> I had a hamster that big. And that hamster, it would bite. It only had two teeth. But it would bite and it would raise its cage up and escape. So we put a wire in the cage. He bit through the wire and, and we had trouble with him. He finally escaped and we never found him again. Listen, I got bit by a hamster and it hurt. I still remember how much that hamster hurt. It drew blood. If you threatened to throw me in a den of hamsters, I don't know what I would do. But here they're getting ready to throw Daniel in a den of lions. And you know what I love about the story? It's the next morning, Nebuchadnezzar, he couldn't sleep all night. Here's this king who thought he was bad, who was listening to the opinions of man, who had an identity in clay, wood, and stone. And he came out that day. He couldn't run. He came running to the tomb. And he said, Daniel, you faithful servant of the Most High God, whom you serve, was your God whom you serve able to save you? And Daniel hollered, Oh, king, don't worry about anything, because my God... Nebuchadnezzar said, your God. But Daniel said, my God. A lot of people are going around saying, Grandma's God. Papa's God. Benny Hinn's God. Ken Clement's revelation. But you got to get to the point, if you want a real revelation of who you are and get the identity that stands the storms of life and going through these last days, it's not going to be the God of Biddy Hinn or Quinn Clement or, or, or Jeremiah Johnson, Jeremiah or anybody else. It's going to be a revelation of who Jesus Christ is, the risen King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. It's a revelation of who He is. He's my God. He's my God. Daniel eleven thirty two. They that know their God. Why can't I conquer this problem? They that know their God. Why can't I overcome this? They that know their God. They that know His name. Throw me in the lion's pit. Give me a report of cancer. There's somebody else here. Just got a clean report about cancer. And they, they were testifying about it. Give me, go ahead and tell me this. Go ahead and tell me that. But I want to tell you something. You tell me about sickness. I'm going to tell you about the name. The name that is my healer. I'm going to tell you. Talk about weakness. I'm going to talk about the Lord who is the strength of my life. You're going to talk about loneliness. I'm going to talk about the friend who sticks closer than a brother. You're going to talk about this. I'm going to talk about him and him and him and him. Now, since we're talking about him, let me just tell you a few things about him. Do you want to know who this Jesus is? Well, let me go through his book. In Genesis, he is the breath of life. 
and the seed of woman. In Exodus, he's our Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he's our great and high priest. In Numbers, he's the fire by night and the cloud by day. In Deuteronomy, he's Moses' voice and Moses' staff. In Joshua, he's salvation's choice, the captain of our salvation. In Judges, he is the lawgiver. In Ruth, he is our redeemer. In First and Second Samuel, he's our trusted prophet. In First, Second Kings and Chronicles, he's our true reigning king and sovereign Lord. In Ezra, he's the true and faithful scribe. In Nehemiah, he's a rebuilder of broken walls and lives. In Esther, Esther, he's Mordecai's courage. In Job, he's the timeless redeemer that I know my redeemer lives. In Psalms, he's the morning song and the great shepherd. In Proverbs, he's wisdom's cry. In Ecclesiastes, he's the times and seasons. In Song of Solomon, he's the lover's dream. In Isaiah, he's the prince of peace. In Jeremiah, he's the weeping prophet. In Lamentation, he's the cry for Israel. In Ezekiel, he's the call from sin and the wonderful four-faced man. In Daniel, he's the fourth man in the fire. In Hosea, he's forever faithful. In Joel, he's the spirit and power and the baptizer in the Holy Ghost. In Amos, he's the arms that carry us and the burden bearer. In Obadiah, he's our Lord and Savior, mighty to save. In Jonah, he's the great missionary. In Micah, he's a promise of peace. In Nahum, he's our shield and our strength, the avenger of God's elect. In Habakkuk, he's a pleading for revival. In Haggai, he's the restores our lost heritage. In Zechariah, he is the foundation. In Malachi, he's the son of righteousness arising with healings in his wings. In Matthew, he's Messiah. In Mark, he's wonder worker. In Luke, he's the son of man. And in John, he's the son of God. In Acts, he is the fire from heaven. In Romans, he's the grace of God. In Corinthians, he's the power of love. In Galatians, he's the freedom from the curse. In Ephesians, he's our glorious treasure. In Philippians, he's a servant's heart. In Colossians, he's the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. In Thessalonians, he's our coming king. In Timothy, Titus, and Philemon, he's a mediator and a faithful friend and pastor. In Hebrews, he's the everlasting covenant. In James, he's the one who heals the sick. In Peter, he's the shepherd. In John and Jude, he's the lover coming for his bride. In Revelation, he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the prince of peace, the son of God, the lamb of God. God, the great I am, the Alpha, the Omega, our God, our Savior. Yeah. Oh. Woo. Yeah. Oh. Okay, go ahead, sit down. Start over again. That's who he was. Now here's his symbols. He's Abel's sacrifice, Noah's rainbow, Abraham's son, Isaac's well, Jacob's scepter, Moses' rod, Joshua's sun and moon that stands still, Elijah's mantle, Elisha's staff, Gideon's horn, Samson's strength, Samuel's horn of oil, David's slingshot, Isaiah's burden bearer, Hezekiah's sundial, Daniel's visions, Amos's burdens, Malachi, he's the son of righteousness, he's Peter's shadow, Stephen's signs and wonders, Paul's handkerchiefs, John's pearly white gates, Father of the orphan, husband to the widow, traveler in the night, bright morning star, lily of the valley, rose of Sharon. That's who my God is. That's who my God is. Woo! Ho! Now, if you have an identity crisis, 
You think God wants to? You think God can? I'm not good enough. I lost my identity. Let me tell you something. When the prodigal son took off, they never took the part son out of the word. When he came back with a different identity saying, I just want to be a servant. The father said, you never stopped being my son. But look at all I did. No, look at all I did. And that tells you who you are. Now, I've got to finish, and I want to share something with you, because it's not just the identity. I know Obama just gave the Queen of England one of these. That's a good present. I gave the Queen of England an iPod. I hope he puts some MC hammer on there. Can't touch this. I hope he puts some good stuff. But listen, the reason I brought... Somebody gave me, I got two different little iPods for Christmas and Jake and Shane said, let's go trade them both in and get you one big one. I got, I got 120 G's right here. I got 3,400 songs. I got over 60 videos. I've got movies. I got, I don't know how many preachings and devotions. And I still have over 80 something gigs still left. Oh. And on this thing, I can go to my playlist. And I can put on Hillsong and I can put on IHOP and I can put on worship and praise. And, oh, it's just so awesome. But then I can go over here and I can get a little bit of Dean Martin when I need Dean Martin. And I got over here and I got a little bit of Christy Lane. Not Christy Lane. No, no, not her. Who? Not Christy Lane. I got other. I got a little bit of Brian Adams, 18 till I die. I got a little bit of this. I got a little bit of that. But you see, this is, this iPod says, this is Russell's iPod. It says Russ iPod. That means I can accept or delete what I don't want. And some people have an iPod God. The reason your identity is not bigger than it is, is because you've been deleting what you need to be accepting. And I'm going to accept what I like to hear like God wants to bless me, but I'm going to delete about any suffering. I'm going to accept about this, but I'm going to delete that because I just can't believe that. Some people have an iPod God. But you see, when I got my iPod, I didn't have a, I, I, my computer couldn't download nothing on here. So I, listen to this. I'd hook it up to Jake's iPod and Jake opened me an account on his computer. And, not, and by plugging it into Jake's computer... I got his daughter's party mixes. I got his wife's party mixes. And I got his party mix. I, I, I got a little bit of uh, Marvin Gaye. I got a little bit of Percy Sledge. And so, when I plugged into his computer, I just didn't get my downloads. I got his daughter downloads. I got, I got some cartoons. I got his downloads. I got, I got some cartoons. And I got her, I got her download because when you plug it in, everything that's in there is going to come on here. When you really plug into God, oh, if you are really plugged into the Alpha and the Omega, Everything that he is gets plugged into here. 
And baby, you better watch out. Don't have no time for deleting. It's download, download, download. Because this is 120 G's. But God Almighty is everything, everything, everything. And when you plug into Him... Now, I'll tell you, some people have another God. I was on the phone with him this week again. Some people have an on-star God. It's the people who come to church on Easter. The on-star God is emergency. Help! I'm in trouble! Diagnosis for my car. Help. Roadside assistance. Some people have an on-star God. That he's, they think he's there just at the butt. Hello, God? God's not here. You, sir, have been counseled. We were watching TV last night, and I heard she didn't. I don't know if she saw me. I wrote, got, I wrote up another God. Somebody talked about something. I said, "There's another God," and it's about many of us here in Louisiana can identify with this God. It's the slot machine God. We'll try this preacher. Not still dead. We'll try this church. No. Still sick. We'll try this promise. Nope, didn't work. We'll try this and we'll try that. And boy, I tell you, you are a one-armed bandit for the glory of God. You're trying to find what you're looking for. It ain't going to come by you putting in, pulling down. It's about getting Jesus in here, getting in that Word, getting the Word in you, and getting your identification with Christ. And then there's the political God. Politically correct. Up for public poll. Only two spies wanted to go in. The other ten said the giants are too big. The lions are too hungry. The enemy's too numbered. The political God. Political God. Followers a die in the desert. But those who don't go by public opinion, doctor's opinion, mama's opinion, even a preacher's opinion. Because the Father, not through a teacher or a book, revealed this to you. Now I'm going to tell you who you are. And that's what makes you more than a conqueror. You're not here by accident today. And the Lord didn't tell me to preach this by accident today. It's a word given for you. That the enemy comes to steal your identity, your hope, your future, and your peace. There's so many voices. There's so much pressure. And he said he pressed in on them to get the right answer. I don't want to be John the Baptist to you. I don't want to be Elijah to you. I don't want to be the prophets to you. I come to be Jesus. 
I am Jesus. And Paul could say later on, the God at whose I am. Is he the church's God? Or is he your God? Can you say like Daniel, he's my God. When they stand up on TV and they say what they say, he's my God. When they say this and that about your family and they say, we saw your, your, your child again on the streets or we found this one under the bridge or, or this is happening and you know what they're doing. He's my God and he's my child's God and I'll train them in the way they should go and when they're older, they will not depart. He's the, my God that is going to whistle for them and they'll come running. He's my shepherd that provide my every need. He's the deliverer of my emotions, my soul, and, my, and the things that are holding me down. He's my God. And sometimes you just got to walk around and you got to talk to the devil and you got to talk to the circumstances. Let me tell you about my God. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the forgiver of my sins, the restorer of my soul. He's the resurrection and the life. He's the God who is enthroned forever. And even every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of the Father. He is on the right hand of the Father and His throne has no end. His kingdom has no end. He is established forever. And when this body sees corruption and when this body is buried in the ground, I'm going to be in the presence of God because absence from this body is present from the Lord. There is no middle place and no middle ground. And when my name and your name's in the Lamb's book of life, we can say, come on God, I'm ready. Send your angels. My heart is right with you. I am ready. Why? My identity is I hope my denomination is God is true I hope their doctrine's right thank God for doctrine and thank God for denomination and thank God for men and women of God and churches in this town but thank God for people who are challenged and getting to know God themselves like Daniel did don't you pray I'll pray three times a day. Kill me. But I'll be here praying three times a day. Don't you go to the prison anymore. Don't you know? You're too old. You you almost died. You need to quit. And buddy goes. Don't you tell me what to do. I'll go in 14 and one night. And go back the next night. 18. That's what you do. It's over. It's over. All the greatest intercessory prayers and warfare and deliverances are yet to come. The freedom to the captives are latching on to the prayers of the saints. It's not over and you're not a loser. Your identity It's not sin. Your identity is justification. Just as I have never sinned. Let's stand and bow our heads.